Aloha. Welcome to Abe's Ukulele Podcast. This is the podcast for teachers and players of the ukulele that want to get better at teaching and playing the ukulele. My name's Abe. I'm your host. Uh, generally, I make one episode a month, but um, sometimes I just put out a whole bunch at once. <laughs> if you want to be notified immediately when the next one comes out, make sure you subscribe uh, wherever you're listening. You might be listening on uh, an app on your phone or on a computer. Personally, I think listening on your phone is best because then you can carry it around wherever you go. Um, driving in the car, washing the dishes, mowing the lawn, playing ukulele. Well, I don't know. If you're playing ukulele and listening to this, give me a shout out because uh, I think I couldn't do that. I need to hear myself and I don't want to be distracting. Anyway, today I have something really special and kind of unique, but um, it's an interesting story. I Back in May, I got this awesome chance. I drove up to Sheffield, Massachusetts to the Magic Fluke Co., and I got to meet and sit down and chat with Brian Tolentino. He is an incredible ukulele artist from Hawaii, and... Um, Anyway, the, the funny story is I interviewed him and I did not record myself. So today I'm basically going to be sharing his answers to my questions. Um, I'll be here with you the whole way, uh, trying to, you know, put some context to it. And um, yeah, it, there's so many great things that he talked about. Um, we talked about, obviously, but you won't really hear me in the room. <laughs> um yeah, to give you a little bit of background, Brian Tolentino has been known for the past 38 years as an accompanist who performed and continues to perform locally and abroad with some of Hawaii's most well-known and accomplished Hawaiian artists. Um, he's been on over 50 CDs for other artists, and he has some of his own as well. Uh, he's performed with notable entertainers like Raya Helm, Jake Shimabukuro, Herb Ota Jr., and so many more. Um, anyway, it's a real treat, and I, I'm sure you will love this. So um, let's get right into it. So to start off, I asked him how his tour through the northeast of the USA has been going. Oh, great. Just making um, a lot of great connections, um, connecting with people, and just sharing my passion for uh, the ukulele, which is, you know, part of my culture yeah. growing up. You know, it's not like an instrument that we just picked up. It's it's part of our family. It's part of our celebrations, our funerals, our baby parties, our weddings. And it, it, it was always around us growing up. So we were never forced to play ukulele. But we learned by watching and listening to our parents, our uncles and aunts play, you know, whatever three or four chords they knew. And we just emulated, and that, that's how it started. Next, I wanted to know what his workshops are all about. Well, f for my workshops, you know, there's so many great teachers who teach workshops, and they're, they're teaching all of the technical um, aspects of playing ukulele. But, you know, then there, there comes a point, and it's all analytical, because people are thriving for the latest techniques. And, but how do you connect? that analytical part of your brain to your heart. 
how do you use everything that you're gaining as far as knowledge um, um, to make it musical? Because to make it musical, there has to be emotion behind it. It's not, you know, entry level is just, okay, I got the sheet of paper in front of me. I'll just read it and that's it. No, you know, when you when you start thinking about it and doing things um, technique-wise in real time, then it becomes yours. Yeah, and that's where you can emote more um, through your playing. Because music, um, notes are just sounds if there's no emotion to it. So it, it's connecting this, pointing to my brain. Yeah, okay. And connecting it with this, connecting to my heart. Okay, so those are the... It's more thought process. I call it next level thinking. Okay, now I got all this information, all this technical stuff. How do I use it? When do I use it? Mm-hmm. You know, and those those are choices that you make while you are playing amongst other people. You know, um, and and that's just the foundation that I'm trying to set. You know, just a, it's a different way of learning. Um, we all learn differently. You know. We all um, have learned differently, but we can all come to the same outcome. You know, we we all didn't have to go to one school to learn ukulele. You know, there's so many different great players, but we all learn differently. Mm-hmm. But we can all come together and jam or, you know. So and just trying to connect some of those dots. Mm-hmm. You know, you have toolbox for all the analytical stuff. Now you need a toolbox for all your mental stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And then how to use both of them together. In real time. Isn't that beautiful? I asked him uh, if this is kind of like the invitation to the ukulele ohana. Yeah. Real you know, because ohana. like for us when we have, we call them kanikapilas, you know. Um, some people call them sing-alongs. Growing up, kanikapilas, nobody passed out cheat music. We didn't have any books. We just, mm-hmm. if someone started a song, we looked to see oh, what key is it in G. And we followed along mm-hmm. best we could. We're listening to who's playing, you know, who's playing bass, who's playing guitar. So, so it, it's all of that, you know, growing up, that's how, that's how we played. So although I, I teach, I can teach the th- theoretical part of why notes, why chords, but I want people to just start playing, you know, and then, okay, how do I use this? When do I use this? That's the biggest thing. You know, you don't always have to throw everything you know on the table in every performance, you know, and... By playing less, it creates emotion, it creates, you know, dynamics, it creates all that kind of stuff. Uh, so that's what I'm trying to share as far as entry level, setting a foundation, um, because I'll most definitely be back in this area. I'll yeah, I'll be back, you know, so I'm making great uh, connections. And because I play Hawaiian music, uh, I've connected with many um, in the area, local halau, hula, hula um, teachers and groups and that's how the ukulele is also connected yeah. through the Hawaiian music. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I had no expectations, you know, hard line. I need 30 people at this workshop. No, whoever's there is going to enjoy whatever I have to share. Mm-hmm. And whoever's there, whoever's there is meant to be there, mm-hmm. you know, and then they'll be hopefully my advocate as advocates as far as coming back next time. So as a teacher, um, he doesn't give out any sheet music because um, it helps the students to look at him and learn directly from him. Yeah, and because I, I teach like how we learned. Um, you hear it, mm-hmm. you see it, then you catalog it. Mm-hmm. You know, So it's a different part of the brain you're using. Whereas if you always put out sheet music, this is what happens typically in a ukulele 
group or band. They grab their music stand, they anchor it with super glue right in front of them, they open up their book, and performance goes straight to there. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to emote more. So I, 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 a lot of it is you hear it, you see it, you catalog it. Mm-hmm. I'll play, then play me back what you just played. You have to remember timing. You have to remember rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the end, they can. And they're surprised that, yeah, I can learn it this way too. I don't need, I need a handout. I need a handout. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, we never had handouts and, you know, we've been playing all our lives yeah. pretty much. At this point, I kind of rambled a little bit, basically saying as a teacher, I really appreciate when my students can get out of the book and look at me more and internalize the music more and the skills that they're learning uh, especially as a player, I, I like that better too. I feel like I'm learning better. And I didn't want to sound like I was talking down against books. And this is what he said. No, no, not at all. That, that's, that's a great um, starting point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. a great starting point. But so I, I know this. So I try to get everyone away from that. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it'll only enhance your performance or your thought process or, yeah. you know. So I give you those ideas to think about. You know, um, and then you use it however you want to use it. And then I threw in another personal anecdote about how in school, when I learned about music theory, the first years, it's just all rules. And then in the end, when you're advanced, it's kind of throwing the rules out the window. And I never really got it until I started playing and applying it. You And, you know, you have to apply it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can be book smart. But if you never do it, you'll never learn because, like you said, oh, this opens up a new can of worms because what I learn might not necessarily apply to what I'm playing, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I'm a believer of, hey, put it in someone's hands and let them play. Let them enjoy. You know, it's not like, let me pass you out this sheet of paper first, tell you all the rules, and now we're going to play ukulele. If, if you find a passion for playing at that entry level, beginning level, then you go ahead and, you know, I want to study music. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. I want to. And so I just want people to play, mm-hmm. basically, and have fun. It's a happy instrument. Happy instrument. So how long have you played? Um, must have been, when I was eight, nine, ten maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was around the house. My mom played a little. My dad played a little. So mm-hmm. we played. And then, you know, there are kids in the neighborhood who played. So... You know, ask my parents, can I take out our ukulele and, and play, sit around? And and we just played. Oh, what chord is that? And you learn chords and you learn, you know, you don't know the names, but you just remember positions and playing. And then you you play with, uh, uh, I guess, better better musicians than you, older kids maybe, uncles. And, and you just, that's how we progress. We just, you know, we listened a lot. I listened to albums, you know, listening to Roy Smek and Otasan and, Later, you know, guys like Peter Moon. and um, But for me, the, the learning never stops. You know, I can learn from, say, Dr. Byron Yasui, who's 20 years older, or, or I learn from Jake, who's not quite 20 years younger than I am. Mm-hmm. You know, so the learning never stops. Um, but I just, I guess I found a passion. I already had a passion for playing, but I found a passion for teaching. Mm-hmm. I don't have an education degree. I don't have a teaching certificate. But what I share... Um, uh, people tend to gravitate to. It's more organic, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's more organic teaching. You know, and everything that I teach 
comes from my past, comes from all my, uh, I never had a teacher, mm -hmm. but comes from all my kupuna or my elders, mm -hmm. comes through them to me, to you. So there's connection. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes from my culture. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to pick up the ukulele, I'm going to music school, and now I went to four years, and now I'm going to teach you how to play. Mm -hmm. Everything I, I, I share, I've used mm -hmm. in recordings, in live performances. Mm -hmm. You know, why did you do this? Well, because it sounded good. You know, and, and so um, that's why I don't, I don't even have an outline. Sometimes I, sh I know I should have, so it keeps me on track. But I like to look at the class or listen to the class, and then you just assess as an as a educator, as a teacher, you need to assess the skill level and say, okay, this is where we're going, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so yeah, I, I found the passion for teaching and um, I love sharing what I know from Hawaii, how I learned to people all over, all over the world I've taught. So that, that's a great thing. At this point, I said something about how when I make lesson plans, a lot of times they go out the window and that's kind of where a real teacher shines, just improvising on the spot like that. You know, and, and you notice, um, you know, just because you think a person is a great um, player, not everyone is a great teacher, mm -hmm. right? Not every, people assume that. Not a lot of people say, wow, you know, so-and-so is a great player, so he must be a great teacher. That's not always the case, mm -hmm. you know, because um, we start off with a passion for playing ukulele. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Some people don't have a passion to teach, mm -hmm. and that's a whole nother skill set. Mm -hmm. That's a whole nother skill set. So, that's yeah. I really wanted to know what type of Hawaiian experience Brian wanted his students to get from his classes. You know, a lot of it is is all feel. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't have to be uh, rhythm. Um, I say this. It's 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 all right to be on it. It's great to be on it. Mm -hmm. Music, you know, I'd rather be in it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like Hawaiian music. You got to feel it mm -hmm. um, because there's meaning behind the words. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people may not understand it, but they tell me I, I can still feel it. You know, I can still feel the Hawaiian music. And uh, that's what it is back home. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not so antiseptic, I guess. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to, it has to groove. I I, I tell people, um, I don't want to be impressed. I want to be moved by the music. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's how I feel about Hawaiian music. Mm -hmm. It has to move you, not impress you. If that, if that makes no, sense. So I really put him on the spot and asked him, what are some of the best Hawaiian musicians for people to really dig into? You are putting me on the spot. You know, stuff growing up, we listened to um, Auntie Genoa Kiawe. Mm -hmm. You know, she, she played ukulele, but it was just more about her mele, the way she did it. Mm -hmm. um, for me, it was listening to um, Eddie Kamai mm -hmm. and the Sons of Hawaii. Mm -hmm. That's like Hawaiian folk music. He's, he's not only a great ukulele player, but, you know, he's, he's an icon in, in Hawaii, mm -hmm. per se, Eddie Kamai. Um, Otasan, you know, I, I grew up listening to Otasan. Uh, some of Jake stuff. Um, and it's not necessarily ukulele music that inspires me or ukulele players. I Someone asked me this question and, you know, you know, such and such song. And it's like, no, I don't, I don't listen to ukulele music. You know, I mean, I know Jake, but I don't. 
because I see Jake, so I don't have to listen to all his music. You know, we go to lunch and hang and, um, but yeah, just, just those kinds of, everyone has that one song that, or, or album that just moves them. You know, it might not be technically perfect or it might not be mainstream, mm -hmm. but something that moves you, you know. When I say impress me, it's like, you know, all of these young ukulele players, they throw everything in the kitchen sink in performance, mm -hmm. you know, bells, whistles, whatever. Mm -hmm. But if I listen to a simple melodic line by somebody playing, that moves me, mm -hmm. you know, more than impress me mm -hmm. with, with technique and, you know, because... You folks know there's a lot of ukulele players. Well, I shouldn't say. There's a lot of musicians out there. They're speed demons and they're, they're you know, but it doesn't really move you until you, you listen to one, some, somebody playing music. It could be an instrument. And it just, it just grooves at a certain pace, you know. That, that's what I mean. I would rather be moved than impressed musically. So if you know Brian Tolentino, one thing he's famous for is this playing technique that uh, he calls fairy dusting. It's not a specific physical thing, or um, anyway, I asked him what what it's all about. Well, it's it's um, listening plays a big part. Mm -hmm. It's knowing when to play and not to play. I can right, I can fairy dust. you can, but you have to know when to fairy dust. You know, again, a lot of people they just they go into the studio and okay, it's me and so and so. You got to chuck your ego at the door mm -hmm. and enhance whoever you are um, performing with. Mm -hmm. It could be like only playing on a two and four, mm -hmm. playing just an upstrum, playing arpeggios, mm -hmm. but just listening for space, um, not only in the music, but maybe in the vocal, mm -hmm. right? And it's just, and that's part of it. Mm -hmm. um, there are four strings on the ukulele. So I try and fit four notes on the ukulele, you know. I would rather hear four-string, uh, four-part harmony than three-part harmony. And it's just those. Some people say say it says jazzier, but or jazzy, but no. I just you can hear a chord two ways, with a downstroke, and also an upstroke. You know, subtleties. Mm -hmm. Because if you, I use a low G, so the arpeggio starts with the low G and ends with the high A, but if you do it the other way, that's a slight uh, subtle difference. And to me, that's part of fairy dusting, you know, playing the same chord, but you hear it in a different different way. On a live stream with uh, Sarah Mizell and Craig Chi earlier this year, Brian talked a little bit about... Um, the melody of fairy dusting. And I wanted him to elaborate on that a little bit. If you'd like to see the live stream, I'll put the link in the show notes. It's great. Anyway, here's here's what he had to say about that. So, I mean, you know, you have to, you pay for the whole fretboard, so you might as well use it. So you have more choices there. So sometimes if I hear, it doesn't always work, but if I hear the vocal or melodic line mm -hmm. going up, then I'll move my chord structure to follow that. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, just playing, you know, if I go da da da, I'll try and find a chord substitution that goes da da da. Maybe not in time or exactly emulating, you know, yeah. but, and it's just that da da. So I hear the mel melodic line going up, mm -hmm. so I'll try and emulate that. If the melodic line goes down, mm -hmm. then I'll, 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 I'll try and do that too. 
you know, and I try and stay away from the vocal note, but that doesn't always work because I'm just playing by ear, you know. So it was time for another uh, personal Abe anecdote where I talked about um, notes clashing when you're playing with other people, but actually it's not that terrible if you clash with the other people. Try to stay out of the way, but also don't go crazy if uh, you can't. Right, so subtly, this is this is what I do as an accompanist, you know. I can be an accompanist, I can be a soloist, um, but as an accompanist, say um, if someone is picking the lead uh, on the A string, which is what most people people try, right? I'm not even strumming that string so that that string will ring out and that I'm usually um, either barring or playing further up the fret so I can mute it. So if I just, if the key is in C, I'm not just gonna hit a C chord, I'll play like a five, four, three, but only those strings. Mm-hmm. I'll play an F, I'll just bar the first, you know, uh, was that five, 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 mm-hmm. and G7. Subtle stuff that people might not notice, right? And, and that could be the same as a vocal note. If the vocal note is on that string right there, I try not to play it, mm-hmm. you know? And But those are things that I do, because mm-hmm. the guitar player could, they play whatever the hell they want. <laughs> so, you know, but that's just something subtle that I can do to enhance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's that's part of fairy dusting. So so it's it's I'm big on listening. And you know, you just have to. You just have to trust in your ear. And fortunately I've been doing this a while, so you know it works. It works. Not always, but it works. Good tips for fairy dusting. You really gotta listen, but also you really have to know the melody of the song. Well to fairy dust, yeah. Because fairy dusting, I'm playing off of whatever's laid down. I rarely go in and just lay the ukulele track and then everything is built around that. There's usually the guitar track, a bass track, maybe steel or piano, and then a scratch vocal. Mm-hmm. So I'm picking for spots to play. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's a if there's a steel guitar there, it's not a rhythm instrument. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of lilting and so I, so I have to pay attention to where, you know, and sometimes it means don't play. I was curious, so I asked him what was the least he had ever played in a song. Sometimes I I I I'll play these hooks that I just repeat, mm-hmm. you know, and th- that's all it is. Maybe it's like six notes, and mm-hmm. that's it. But it stays out of the way, but it's recognizable, you know. Um, and I, I I take this to heart. One of my uh, dear friends, Professor Byron Yasui, mm-hmm. he would always tell me, um, you know, Brian. A great accompanist is noticed when he's not there. You know, you take that element away and it's like, the music could still be good, but it's like, oh. But he tells me it's like air conditioning. You know, there's something going on, but the moment it's off, you know it's off. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, but you hear it's like, oh, okay. So it's kind of like that. And you really got to chuck your ego at the door. You know, you cannot think soloist. You cannot think. I'm competing for space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, no, where where can I fit? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that, that for this younger generation, um, it's hard to do because, um, and this is just my opinion, you know, a lot of these younger soloists, they're looking for celebrity. Mm-hmm. You know, they're looking, there's a certain formula they're trying to follow, but, you know, I've been successful doing both. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got to diversify. You know, not every soloist can be an accompanist. Mm-hmm. Not every accompanist can be a soloist. There's a song, say like, um, uh, if you know how in music, um, dear friend of mine, Hoku Zurumeister, mm-hmm. 
there's a song entitled Laie Ikavai. And that, that's one of the fairy dusting things I do on his CD, you know. And if you listen to it, you'll, you'll recognize the ukulele. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, see how you feel if it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I mean, his vocal is great. Everything is great. But I, I think um, I captured what I wanted to feel and portray in that song. So I want to go back to the live stream that I mentioned before and uh, something in the live stream, Brian said, when someone asked, how long do you practice? And he said, practice until you get it. My question was, how do you know that you got it? And how do you get your students to know that they got it? Well, I mean, you know, what is practice? You know, practice is the concentrated repetition of doing something until you get it right. You know, Um and you just have to trust in your ear. Um, and I tell people, you know, practice. You don't have to practice like reading a book. Mm-hmm. You don't have to start from the beginning and then end with the end. Maybe try and you master small sections at a time. Mm-hmm. And then you put it all together. Instead of trying to practice the whole song and then it comes out messy. Or, or what you're trying to do. You know, practice... Um, the most difficult piece or part of it that you think, the chords or whatever. Yeah? And then, okay, I'm getting better. And then add the next step mm-hmm. or the previous and then put it together. Because then you'll find that, oh, yeah, these, these steps are easier. Mm-hmm. And then it'll come, I think it'll come together better mm-hmm. instead of, you know, just practicing the whole thing. Master small sections, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, you know, I hear people, you know, I practice for half an hour. I practice... For an hour, yeah, but it's an effective practicing. Mm-hmm. That's why I said you, you practice until you get it right. Mm-hmm. If it takes more than an hour or if you're getting frustrated, put your ukulele down. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad, you know. Take a break mm-hmm. and then go back to it and, you know, um, relax and retrain your thinking. Because a lot of it is retraining your thinking and applying it to your hands, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, because there are a lot of times when you just you can't. You can think it, but you can't do it with your hands. Yes, so it's I just. Like so that. it's like you know, just relax, and eventually you, you'll do it. Mm-hmm. There's no set time. There's no you know. Um, you'll get it when you feel you get it. You got that. You get it when you feel you get it. I I made a little joke about um, what if the gig's coming up in an hour and you don't got it. I don't play it. You're out of luck. Okay. I, I, I don't play it. You know, and it's. Um, I, I learned by one of my dear friends. Um, she said, in order to have fun, you have to be prepared. Mm-hmm. So if you're prepared for all the situations, or then you'll have fun and you'll emote more mm-hmm. instead of worrying about if I got it or not. You know, because people assume that, uh, oh, he's a great ukulele player, but it's a different level and he's a great performer. Mm-hmm. You know, just because you're a player doesn't mean you can connect with the audience and mm-hmm. perform. So that's another skill level uh, in itself, right? Um, you see a lot of these studio musicians that are great, but you put them in front of a live audience, they, 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 you know, they don't connect. They just kind of like look at the music stand and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? But you've seen, you've seen effective performers who are great technicians such as Jake, mm-hmm. you know, um, Herb Otto Jr. He's, he's just uh, uh, so precise in their playing. But they have different temperaments. If you ever seen them play on stage, mm-hmm. 
you know, Jake would be the one jumping around. <laughs> That's not my style. No, I, I get hurt if I do that. <laughs> Um, if you're comfortable and you can still emote, then yeah. that that's you, you know. Make the music impress people. Yes. Or move people. Move people, not impress, not them. impress them. Yeah. I mean, you can impress them, but you want to move them. You you want to make them feel. Because mm -hmm. notes are just sounds, man. If there's no emotion behind it, yeah, you can uh, move someone by speed also. I'm not saying only speed is technique and stuff, but it just has to move you somehow, some way. And it's it's about connecting. Mm -hmm. Performance is about connecting. Mm -hmm. Or you're just elevated music, just pop in the CD. You don't need me, right? Right? My class today. Yeah. And, it, you know, when I play, it's, it's not... I never think of it as recital-like. You know, so these workshops, I'm teaching, and then I tell them, okay, grab your ukuleles. Now I'm gonna sh we're gonna do what exactly I taught you, or I'll have teaching moments when I'm playing. I'll stop and I say, okay, this is what I just taught you, and then I'll play it. Mm -hmm. So I taught them. Now they're seeing actual concert application to the, and and it's just to reinforce what I just taught them. Yeah. yeah and so they they kind of like, oh wow, you know, they love it. Mm. That's great. Outwardly, they love it. <laughs> you know, Inwardly insides they're like, oh, they're a mess. <laughs> You know, because the last, I, I did a um, workshop in Portland, Maine um, with Lee Urban. So I said, okay, the last song of the concert, I said, okay, everybody take out the ukuleles. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Yeah. So we're going to play what I just taught you. And um, we're at the Boston Garden. Um, we're playing at halftime mm -hmm. between the Celtics and whoever. Mm -hmm. And this is our performance. So get in that mindset, take a deep breath, smile, and then we're going to play. Because mm -hmm. that's a different thought process. Mm -hmm. That's a different stress level. Yeah. And I said, that's okay. As long, you make it, you're going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. But just smile through it and then make mental notes as, oh, wait, I need to learn this part. I need to do this better. So, and I like to put people in those types of situations instead of just giving them paper, teaching them something, and they go home with it. Yeah, you got to face the bullets. You got to face the bullets. The bullets that he's talking about there is actually the performance mindset that you have to get in to really internalize the music. And at that point, the crowd waiting for the workshop to start had gathered and uh, we had to cut our conversation short. But um, anyway, there's a lot of great stuff in there, right? All right, the outro music has started, so that means it's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that uh, you got a lot out of that. Um, it was so great talking to Brian, and um, unfortunately, I could not attend the workshop. I had to get a babysitter to drive up. Um, what did it take, two hours, an hour or something? I don't know. And um, interview him, and then uh, left right away. It was kind of sad, but... Um, I have to go back to the Magic Fluke Company. I didn't even realize it was that close. And uh, hopefully I can get Brian back on the podcast soon so I can record myself as well and do it properly. <laughs> anyway, if you enjoyed that, um, make sure you check out the Growing Back catalog. If you want bonus episodes or any other great treats, make sure you leave a tip in the tip jar monthly subscriptions of as little as $1 per month 
get you really great, warm, fuzzy feeling. And of course, my eternal gratitude. And uh, not to mention you get to make the show better because, uh, you know, if you don't like anything about this, um, why are you still listening? But also, you can help make it better. So, you know, don't be shy. I am uh, a father of four and a music teacher. So uh, this hobby is, you know, taking something (laughs) from me. But uh, anyway, I am so glad that you are here listening and uh, sharing the aloha. And I love playing ukulele. I love teaching ukulele. That's what this podcast is for. Uh, Reach out if you ever want to chat. Podcast at ukuleleabe.com or the feedback link in the show notes. Um, Yeah, I guess it's time to go. It's bittersweet. I don't want to go. This music's too good. Wait, I can listen to this music anytime. I don't need to be here. Okay, I'll talk to you later.